The Bible presents real-life stories of Jesus calling specific people to follow him, James, John, Andrew, Peter, Matthew. But the Bible also records Jesus' teachings concerning how we are to follow him. An example of this teaching comes from the 10th chapter of Matthew, beginning with verse 37. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus continues, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake, Jesus said, will find it. Welcome to our teaching series, Follow. Part three defines following Jesus as a priority over all other loves, over all other relationships. From these verses we've just read, we discover what I believe to be three of some of the most difficult statements Jesus ever spoke into the lives of his followers. But within these statements are significant and life-changing truths. I'd like to share three of those truths with you. The greatest commitment, the greatest surrender, and the greatest reward. With each of these, we're going to make an observation and an application. So first, following Jesus represents the greatest commitment. In Matthew 10, 37, as we've read, Jesus said, anyone who loves their father and mother or their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So let's make the observation of this seemingly difficult to apply statement. What is not being said and what is being said? Well, first, what is not being said? Well, loving family is a part of God's law. We know this. And loving family is what God desires for us. And God is not saying it's okay not to love your family. So consider how Jesus taught the value of family relationships. Once Jesus firmly confronted and corrected the scribes and Pharisees for not honoring fathers and mothers when they told people they could give monetarily to the temple instead of to their parents who were in need. You find this recorded in Matthew chapter 15. Jesus also told the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, verse 19, honor your father and mother. So Jesus is not saying disrespect family relationships and family ties. But then again, Jesus said in Luke 14, verse 26, unless one hates his father or mother, he cannot be my disciple. But please understand, Jesus is not emphasizing a disposition of hate, for he is love. And anything other than love would stand contradistinctive to his nature. Jesus said, love your neighbors, Matthew 22, verse 39. Jesus said, love your enemies, Matthew 5, 44. And Jesus said, love one another, John 13, 35. So Jesus is not saying hate in a literal sense. So what is being said? What is Jesus saying? Well, here the issue is one of prioritized commitment. And a clue to understanding what Jesus means is to compare his words to John 12, 25, when Jesus said, if you lose your life in this world, you will keep it. And in this world references lived out actions in real life. To lose one's life is to live in such personal obedience to Jesus that it appears one hates his or her own life as he or she would put obedience to Jesus even before personal popularity or safety. Well, in like manner, one 
Christ's commitment to Jesus may appear to be hatred toward his family members and all other relationships in this world because expressed devotion to Jesus reigns paramount in priority over all other commitments. So there's the issue of relational priority, the priority of commitment. But there's also the issue of a relational claim. The claims of the natural relationships, mom, dad, children, siblings, are not as absolute in comparison to the absolute claims of Jesus over our own lives. So now that we know what is not being said and what is being said, we ask, why is this being said? Practically, why did Jesus use these words? A true encounter Jesus had with another individual may give us the answer. Following a conversation from Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 61, Jesus said to an individual, follow me. But that person replied, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And yet another person said, Jesus, I will follow you, but let me first go back home and say farewell to those in my family. And Jesus said to this one, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, why was Jesus saying this? The matter was not disrespecting family. The matter was Jesus confronting excuses to support not following him with the whole heart. You see, we have a natural protective reflex. We desire to protect whatever we hold dear. In this case, family relationships. But Jesus calls us to radical obedience that even supersedes this natural protective reflex. This is how you and I know we're truly following Jesus. We can give a natural reflex to protect relationships, even when those relationships get in the way of serving Jesus. And just as we can have a natural reflex to protect our monies when God calls us to give resources for, for that which he desires. So we, we need these words of Jesus to move us past protecting what we hold dear so that we can live in the greatest commitment, following Jesus. And that represents what we observe in his words. From the observation, let's now make the application. Following Jesus represents the highest calling in life. This was the truth Jesus desired that his disciples would understand. The point is that when one pledges solidarity with Jesus, no relationship, not even the dearest, meaning family, must be allowed to stand in the way. Jesus said, whoever does not do this is not worthy of me. Strong statement. Jesus has indicated with these words that the true worth of our commitment is based upon his worth alone. And the only way that I can point to his worth is to lay all things aside for him. But if I hold on to my personal loves, desires, etc., then I unwittingly have claimed something of me as worthy. If I hold to my life, I do not reflect his worth. So, so this is our ultimate motivation, his worthiness. In 2006, 2007, and 2008, I traveled to India during the Christmas season. The purpose was to minister in an orphanage during Christmas time. So on the receiving end, this trip was planned perfectly. However, on the sending end, with two precious little girls of my own at home, the trip did not seem so timely. I remember sitting down with my two daughters and explaining why daddy would not be home for Christmas and why it was his choice to go to another country to serve and minister. 
uh, the first year I did this was a bit of a difficult sell to my little girls. But they finally understood that at times it seems family doesn't matter because the calling of Christ is the ultimate calling. Yet family is also that ultimate calling. I think it also helped my girls to be okay with daddy traveling because on those subsequent years when I would return, they would get a second Christmas and more presents. So I think that's why they were excited. But but the highest commitment, the greatest commitment over all other relational commitments is that you and I would say, I follow Jesus. Not in disrespect of family relationships, but in honor of Jesus to say, Jesus, I follow you. Let's go to the second truth. Not only is following Jesus the greatest commandment, following Jesus is the greatest surrender. Following Jesus indicates we cease living for self. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 38, whoever does not take up his own cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So yes, following him is the highest commitment, but we need to see this greatest uh, surrender. And, and so now let's observe what Jesus is saying in these this words, uh, take up your cross. According to Jesus, we do not find life by becoming safe, secure, or rich. Jesus stands against those cultural attitudes. And there is a death Jesus speaks of in the phrase, take up your cross. What is this death re- referencing? Take up your cross represents a death to sin, selfishness, and, and death to a life consumed with myself. Now, whether this reference to taking up your cross indicates a literal martyrdom or simply a a symbolic way of saying we've become an outcast, either way, the application is valid because Jesus is calling his followers to die to self. And this application is no less valid for you and for me. The question is, have we died to ourselves? According to Roman history, the cross symbolized death, brutal and cruel death. In Roman provinces, historically speaking, streets lined with crucified corpses were not uncommon, and they were intended to prompt fear in the hearts of those Rome attempted to control. But in the gospel, the cross was not just a picture of cruel death. The cross was a picture of Christ's willingness to die a cruel death for the sake of another, for the sake of all others. And Jesus has said to those who would follow him, take up your cross as a sign of willingly dying to self for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of his purposes in our lives. Second, after making the observation, let's make the application of this. A deep heart issue is found in this question, am I really alive right now beyond having a pulse? If I am alive, what am I living for? Following Jesus is to completely cease living for self. Someone may argue, Uh, It seems impossible to completely die to self. Well, this is why Jesus said, daily take up your cross so that we die to ourselves. Oh, this is the ultimate surrender and sacrifice. The beloved professor and Bible scholar Calvin Miller once wrote, I think the most vibrant missionaries I've ever met are medical doctors serving in the lonely outpost of the Arab world. These physicians and nurses are aware that winning a Muslim to Christ, they sometimes condemn those converts to ostracism and persecution, even to martyrdom. Miller once said to such a missionary, it must at times seem pointless. Well, the missionary retorted, pointless? Absolutely not. This is the point of the gospel, the cost and the consequence of receiving Christ and following him. And then the missionary said, that's what Luke 9.23 is all about. Take up your cross and follow me. So the greatest surrender 
is that we take up our cross. So having discovered the greatest commitment and the greatest surrender, now let's discover the greatest reward. Following Jesus indicates a loss to self and yet the gain of life. Whoever finds their life will lose it, Jesus said. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So again, let's make an observation and an application. The observation. Truly following Jesus is, all, is always defined by our cost and heaven's blessings. Understanding the loss and the gain helps to give practical application to the following. Now, the invitation of losing one's life, whether in martyrdom or, or in self-denial, finds ultimate blessing in the age to come. The terminology from where the word find comes from represents in the Greek idea a reward. Losing oneself to the lordship of Christ brings about his rewards, the greatest blessings, fulfillment, peace, joy, and, and heaven, life eternal. Now let's make the application. Everyone is naturally on a quest for self unless Jesus has changed their life. And this is the very thing to which we must die. And in that way, we find life. You see, the quest of your daily existence is no longer a step-by-step -step quest for your own success and identity. The quest is now a step-by-step -step movement toward Jesus, his word, his way, and his will for your life. You no longer take steps toward your own desires, but toward what Jesus has revealed to you by his word, which teaches you his way and then places you in his will. Jesus has said, in effect, if I can put this in relational terms, easy for you and I to understand, if you get the whole world, it cannot give you a fulfilled self. But if you lose yourself for me and gain everything, you receive what is my best. In other words, Jesus has said, instead of trying to gain yourself by gaining things, build everything in your life upon me. Build everything on who I am and on what I have done for you. And when you do this, then finally you will have true and complete fulfillment, Jesus said, because you are made to know me. And this is the message of Jesus when he said, lose your life and you will find life. The greatest reward is a life built on Jesus with self completely out of the way. That's the greatest reward. Consider the story of one who made this resolve in a powerful way. With his hands tied behind his back, missionary J.W. Tucker was beaten, and then with 60 of his Christian compatriots, he was thrown into the crocodile-infested Bomakandi River. It wasn't ISIS or Al-Qaeda who claimed the responsibility. The attack took place on November 24, 1964, at the hands of the Congolese rebels. Our natural instinct is to feel sorry for Tucker, whose earthly life was seemingly cut short. But life can't be cut short when it lasts for all eternity. A holy empathy for his wife and children who survived the terrorist attack is biblically mandated. But heaven gained a hero, a hero in a long line of heroes who traced their genealogy back to the first Christian martyr, Stephen. In the grand scheme of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, eternal gain infinitely offsets earthly pain. God doesn't promise us happily ever after. He promises so much more than this, happily forever after. It was that eternal perspective that inspired J.W. Tucker to risk his earthly life for the gospel. Tucker didn't fear death because he had already died to self. 
And it wasn't an uncalculated risk that led J.W. Tucker into the Congo during a civil war. He counted the cost with his missionary friend, Morris Plotz. Plotz tried to convince his friend not to go. If you go in, he prophetically pleaded, you won't come out. To this, Tucker responded, God didn't tell me I had to come out. He only told me I had to go in. Jesus is saying to you, come follow me with your whole life and then leave your whole life up to me. Can you trust Jesus with your whole life? Then follow him. Follow him completely by laying down your life to find it again. The greatest commitment is following him over all other relational commitments. The greatest surrender is taking up your cross and dying to self. And the greatest reward is losing your life, but gaining his life. This morning, I want to ask you, have you come to that place in your life where you could say that you've placed your faith in Jesus? You recognize that he's Lord. He died on the cross for you and for me, and, and he rose again. Can you say that you've come to that place where you've placed your faith in Jesus and received by faith what he's accomplished for you? Can you say that you've repented of sin, that you know we're all guilty of without the forgiveness of Christ? And and can you say that you truly desire to follow Jesus? Oh, I pray that that's your heart today. If not, even as the Bible teaches us, you can can confess that Jesus is Lord with with, with your mouth and believe in your heart by by simply confessing and praying, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you. I, I know you died for me. I repent of my sins and I commit my life to you. Oh, if you pray that prayer, I know that I know that Jesus hears and, and he saves and he forgives sin. And he makes us brand new. Oh, there's no greater joy than following Jesus. And maybe perhaps at this moment, you need to understand that the greatest way to find life is not by trying to make your own self secure, safe, or rich, but by losing your life, by surrendering everything to Jesus, because herein is the only way to find life through trusting Jesus and turning everything over to him. Perhaps you would say, hey, Ken, I, I know Jesus. I, I, I trust him. I, I follow him. But sometimes the things of this world allure me and, and I lose sight of, of walking after Jesus. Well, I encourage you at this moment to consider that the call, the greatest surrender, is to take up your cross. I know there are things you may not want to let go of, But, oh, even though you would say, my faith is in Jesus, would you do a quick inventory of your life? Are there things you're holding tight to? The greatest commitment is to follow him. The greatest surrender is to die to yourself. The greatest reward is that as you lose yourself, you gain real life through Jesus Christ. At this very moment, you'll see a text number on the screen and a a website location. We'd love for you to reach out to us if if in any way God has prompted your heart to, to make a decision to follow him or to renew your desire and commitment to follow him. If you reach out, uh, we will respond to you quickly just to help encourage you uh, in your walk of faith or in your, in your new faith if you're trusting Jesus in your life. Oh, I tell you, there's no greater commitment, no greater relationship than to say, Jesus, I'll follow you. So will you follow him today at all costs? Yes, 
Honor your father and mother. Love your children. Honor your spouses and, and treat them as you would treat your relationship with Christ. But your greatest commitment still remains. Follow Jesus. And all oh, the greatest surrender is to say, I let go of all the things that have attached to my heart. And the greatest reward is that abundant life. When you lose your life, oh, you gain his life. Let's be like the missionary, J.W. Tucker, and let's say, hey, uh, I want to lay myself down and die to self so that I can live regardless of what life brings, so that I can truly live. I pray that you're following Jesus above all other loves in your life. Let's pray together. God, thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for these three simple truths that come from some really difficult statements that are at times really hard to, to swallow. But Father, Jesus has lovingly given us these words today through your Holy Spirit. And, and Father, help us to, to truly follow you. Be with those who are making decisions now, recommitments, or who are trusting you for the first time. And oh God, may we follow you completely all the days of our life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And together we said. Amen. God bless. Hang around for some announcements. We'll see you soon. Love you a lot.